Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 24 question party. Party people. Hello and welcome to 24 Question Party People. I am your host, Yasi Salek. This is a show where I invite an interesting person on for a little talk. I ask the same 23 questions every time, more or less, plus one wild card. The guest is allowed to skip one question. Sometimes the questions change a little. I have painted myself into a corner where I have to qualify this statement every week. And that is my cross to bear. I've been experiencing a lot of synchronicities, you guys, lately. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Not just that 1111 stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Um, And sorry, not to sound like some 24-year-old white girl TikToker with a nose ring and a women with a Y who run with wolves tarot deck. Um, But I'm talking like real ass synchros, babe. Okay. This is about to get a little woo-woo, so if you're not into that shit, go ahead and fast forward to the interview. But just so you know, you cannot fast forward God, bitch, okay? And also there's plenty of woo-woo in the interview itself. Maybe just skip this whole episode. Anyway, I think usually when people think about synchronicities, they think it has to be something like huge. Like, you know that's your soulmate because you both reached for the same obscure book at the used bookstore or whatever. Or some people think it's you know, like after you've done half an eight ball of Coke at an after party and someone else also has a brother and you're like, oh my God, you have a brother too. This is insane. But really what it is, is little things that make you go, huh? Oh, but are just like a little too coincidental in this like sort of beautiful way. I'm getting to what I'm getting at. I promise. So, okay. Usually when I prep for these interviews, I do my homework, babe. Okay. I read a few articles. Perhaps I listen to a few podcast interviews if they exist, put on the album. You already know the vibes. So the morning of this talk that you're about to hear, I went on a walk around my gorgeous neighborhood to visit my peacock friends while also listening 
to a podcast interview with Jenny Lewis, my guest, done by the very awesome Jenny Alaskew earlier this year. Um, before I was listening in that, that morning, it had crossed my mind for whatever reason, who can say why thoughts make their way across our minds. Um, but it had crossed my mind that I didn't think me and Jenny Lewis had that much in common. <laughs> I just was like, this is, you know, famous, gorgeous, beloved, uh, musically talented, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's, um, I watch monk anyways, it doesn't matter. This is what I was thinking. But within like five or 10 minutes of listening to this interview with Jenny Alaskew, I immediately learned that we have a lot more in common than I would have ever dreamed, like granularly, specifically, weirdly things in common. And then halfway through this interview, she mentions a semi-obscure theory that I had just the day before fell into a K-hole researching. That's what synchronicities are. Okay, babe? That's a synchronicity. They're just little kisses on the forehead from the universe, letting you know you're doing just fine, babe. You're going the right way. Keep going. And listen, don't do cocaine, okay? And if you're going to do cocaine, get some test strips if you're going to do it. And also don't fuck that guy at the after party just because you both have aunts named Terry, okay? That is not a good reason to fuck somebody. Anyway, I loved this conversation with Jenny Lewis. She's cool and she's weird and she's funny as hell. And her new album, Joy Y'all, is just lovely and poignant and fun. And you should listen to it. Here is our talk. 24. Jenny Lewis, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, of course. I want to tell you, Jenny Lewis, I just like saying your full name. I hope that's okay. I'm, I'm a first and last name kind of gal because uh, in yeah. school I grew up with uh, four other Jennies. So we became either our last name. So I became Lewis right. um, or just Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis. I like Lewis is nice because it has like a, a swagger to it. You know, it's got a, there's something slightly masculine about it that I enjoy, but I, I really, I'm, I'm enjoying just saying the whole thing. Jenny Lewis <laughs> it flows. I have to tell you, I was surprised to learn. Here's the thing. I did not presume that you and I had a ton in common, just given that you're like, a gorgeous, super talented, glamorous um, musician, singer, songwriter, famous, beloved, um, and I'm a I'm a podcaster. Um, however, I listened this morning. I went on a nice long walk and I listened to your interview with Jenny Ellescu, and I was like, "Hold the fucking phone, this my bitch." When you were like, "Oh, I actually wanted to be a rapper," I was super into freestyle fellowship and hieroglyphics, and I was like, "Wait." Hold the fucking phone. That's right. Did AC alone sleep on my couch when I was in college? That's correct. Did my roommate perhaps mistakenly sleep with the Zulu butterfly priest? You are also correct what? on that one. This so is I'm, I'm dying to talk to you. <laughs> I'm dying to talk to you about this because I was like, well, first of all, we need to talk about how you wanted to be a rapper because I'd never heard that before and I'm obsessed. And secondly, about your thing with what we, I guess, now call backpack rap, underground Los Angeles backpack rap. Please tell me about this, this journey. Uh, well, it's fun to even talk about AC alone with someone because it's it a is. pretty obscure <laughs> corner of uh, rap music. Not that many people. All balls don't bounce. Babe. Um, 
I feel like uh, the hieroglyphics and 93 till infinity, that kind of like, sure. Uh, Souls of mischief. Yeah. yeah. Still sort of people reference it, but the freestyle fellowship thing is super underground. It's so true. Yeah. One of my favorite, uh, I just did an AMA Reddit and uh, someone asked me my top five favorite hip hop records. Uh, and I listed 10, but inner city, inner, inner city Grits was like definitely on there. Um, and uh, so it was uh, Black Sheep, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. I don't know if you remember that record. And Oh, sure do. And 93 Till Infinity. Anyway, I won't go down the whole list. But I went to go see Freestyle Fellowship in 1990. Well, I drove myself there. So I got my license when I was 16. Anyway, I'll do the math later. But I went <laughs> to the show by myself, which is something that I've been doing for a long time, going to see concerts and then indie rock shows and now i like to go to boxing matches solo wow okay <laughs> so i roll up to this concert it was in hollywood and i was there by myself and uh ac alone kind of picked me out of the crowd and like freestyled like a pretty unpleasant oh no <laughs> verse about me and i felt pretty humiliated but also i kind of understood uh but i'm like i'm here i'm a fan you know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a completist. I'm a fan. You don't have to call me out because I'm like totally. the only white girl uh, here <laughs> yeah. tonight. But um, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, side note: uh, Easy E. My friend Jenny, another Jenny in the crew who went by her last name. Her babysitter was hanging out with Easy E. So we were like hanging like hanging, out, actually hanging out. <laughs> and uh, so we wow. were all over there once and she was supposed to be watching us. We were like wild 14 year olds and easy came over and they were hanging out. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny Lewis, I'm dead. You're 14 and easy E is up in the house with your babysitter and what happens? Did you talk to him? I didn't, but I know all of his verse. I mean, I'm the biggest fan. You just, you just rap. Yeah. You just walk by just rapping like, his verse. No him. wonder AC alone <laughs> called me out because I just couldn't, I couldn't be stopped. I'm obsessed with Also, I feel even closer to you now because I, I did start my journalism career. If you, if you'll allow me to call it that, um, in underground hip hop music as I was, um, just so into it. But when I started interviewing these people, like the living legends and stuff, it was not how I wanted it to go. <laughs> it did not go the way I wanted it to go. I mean, I was like a 20 year old white girl. So I think they were just like, what do you, what do you want from me? Fuck out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they were just like a little sexually inappropriate, but you know what? That's fine. Well, that's the thing about hip hop that, uh, you know, the attitude towards women, not great not good. And that's why I was so historically. into historically. Yes. Good to clarify that. But like, that's why when like Queen Latifah and MC light, totally. you know, it was so MC important, light. their presence and they weren't sexualized. They were no. my favorites. Cause they weren't, no. you know what I mean? Like, and it's cool to like feel comfortable in your body and express in that way. But I feel like without MC light, I wouldn't have continued being, uh, a true hip hop head, but, but I, I, you know, I had to take a, a break at a certain point. Cause I was like, Oh, this is like negative stuff towards women. 
but then, mm-hmm. you know, there's like been a new wave uh, with more respectful stuff. And, and I listen to exclusively hip hop radio, top 40 in Nashville. I love that. You and my new friend that I made in my weightlifting class, who's a 69-year-old woman named Joanne, who revealed to me the other day that she really loves hip-hop and she listens to mostly Dr. Dre and Eminem. And I was like, I'm obsessed with you. (laughs) You're the coolest. 69. I didn't meet Snoop uh, last year at a very fancy after Oscar party. So every year, Guy Osiri throws this like insane party after after the Oscars and like everyone cool from the Oscars goes over to his spot. And I've never been invited until last year. My friend Soleil Moonfry, uh, we've mm, been home. Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster since we were 10. She's like, I got you into the Oscar party. And I was like, I haven't even been to a party yet. It's 20, you know, 22. <laughs> I'm scared. She's like, trust me, just get there early. So we roll into the party. No one's there yet except for like Leo. <laughs> Your old friend, your your childhood friend. Also my friend. So I'm like, what's up, Leo? And he's like, remember that time we got stoned in the back of your Honda when we were like 14? I was like, yeah, you, you say that every time I see you. So roll in. It's totally, no one's there. Chris Rock walks in. Mm-hmm. Christopher Rock. Okay. Right after the incident. An hour. <sighs> he went to a party. <laughs> Well, he went to, I mean, he was so shaken and we know each other from the Bill Murray Christmas special that Sophia Coppola directed. So I was like, Hey, how's it going? And are you okay? And he's like, Oh my God, I just, you know, that was so insane. I feel like all my years doing stand up and improv prepared me for that moment, which I thought was so cool. I love that you told this story because, um, I've now been shaken back to reality to remember that actually we don't have that much in common and I'm happy because (laughs) we needed to get back to this place where I needed to be taken down a notch and I respect you. Jenny Lewis, do you know anything about this show or did your publicist just say, okay, it's this one now, (laughs) which is also totally fine. I got the questions. Okay, great. So you know, you know the gist that we're gonna we're yes. gonna go through the questions. And I like Chris Rock, uh, and and am an improviser and a fan of the be here nowness and the 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 moment. So I'm not prepared. We're just going to freestyle. Amazing. You were almost a rapper. It makes total sense, honestly. Um, also, I would be remiss before we start this. I need you guys to know that I did also listen to Joy Y'all, the new Jenny Lewis album. It is awesome. I do. I will try to sprinkle this throughout the questions, but I am obsessed as a forties, forties in my forties woman. You don't hear a lot of music. You don't do not hear a lot of music about the dating and relationship lives of women in their forties. And I thought that was extremely cool. Isn't that interesting that that is even a thing? It's like, what do you go away when you turn 40? Like, no, we're still here and I'm writing to my peers and my, you know, like people who can relate. And I so appreciate seeing younger people at the shows. It's like amazing, but I'm really speaking to my people. My forties are kicking my ass and handing them to me in a margarita glass. I was infatuated with an older man and then I dated a psychopath. I'm right back. I'm right back feeling kinship with Jenny Lewis. <laughs> Once again, I was not best friends with Corey Haim, but we have a lot in common again. 
I am you, except I just happen to have met like every famous person on earth. (laughs) I am you. Well, producer Jesse knows that I've actually weirdly met my fair share of famous people too. It's just in a different context. They're Um, not special. They're just, I don't get starstruck because you're just like, oh, heavy is the crown. (laughs) As a, as a moderately famous podcaster, I too can relate. Um, it is hard. It's difficult. All right, let's let's party, shall we, Jenny Lewis? Let's, let's do it in the top. Number let's one, what's your sign? Capricorn, Virgo rising. Wow, double Earth. Do you know your moon? Uh, I I'm on the Chani Nichols list app. Sure, Shout so out that's how I reference my. I'm like, wait, what am I again? I think I'm an Aries rising, or no, Aries moon. I'm also an Aries moon. I don't know what that means. No, that makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you who else is an Aries moon. This might give you some delight. Rihanna. <gasps> I love her. I know. I know. I think it makes a lot of sense, Jenny Lewis, because you have two very hardworking, earthy placements, but you also have an Aries moon, which the Aries moon is impulsive, go-getter, kind of like a boss, but also wants what they want now. Um, it's a great placement for like getting shit done that you want to do and like being kind of fearless, you know, which is not traditionally associated with the other two earth signs who are more like methodical and sort of planned out. So it's actually a really great pairing. Those things ring true. It's all resonance. It all resonates. Okay. Gorge. Number two, Jenny Lewis, what did you eat today? I had a gluten-free breakfast sandwich. Delivered. Starbies? Urban Juicer, which is Urban <laughs> a Nashville chain that is also in the airport. So if you're at BNA, go hit up the Urban Juicer. Usually when I'm at BNA, I'm having um what is the delightful fried chicken? Oh, is that Bojangles? Um, I'm doing a Bojis when I'm there. Bojis, careful. <laughs> I'm having a bit of a Bojis. Um okay, Gorge. How are you feeling about the amount of protein that you're getting in a day? Great. Too much protein. Oh, I've recently become very preoccupied with getting enough protein. And I feel like this man who I should probably not listen to, um, sort of a biohacker type guy said that I'm supposed to get one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Wait, that's, that's a lot. I know. So I'm failing every day at getting that, but I'm trying to get at least a hundred. I do weigh more than a hundred. Who is this biohacker that you speak of? His name is some Andrew Huberman. Oh, I know Hubes, him. I call him. I follow Hubes. Yeah, Hubies. You know Hubies. Hubes gives me anxiety though, because like I believe him about everything, and I there's no I way you can implement even like a quarter of the shit that he's suggesting. He's it. like, look into the sun with your bare eyeball every morning for like 15 every single morning i literally try to do it and i'm like but i babe i have shit to do (laughs) i can't just go stand and stare at the sun like a turkey like i have to like get on with my life and then the red light bulbs and then the fucking don't drink coffee for 90 minutes after you wake up it's really just an endless to-do list wait 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 wait. what was that last one don't drink coffee for 90 minutes after you wake up because you have to let your like natural cortisol levels I know it's so rough, Jenny Lewis. I'm I'm failing at it. That one, I'm just not. It's not possible. I just said no. That's when you're supposed to drink water, right? When you wake up, drink water, which is the last thing I want to drink when I wake up. I want coffee. I want juice. 
I want like a gallon of orange juice to put out the fire. Well, Ray Pete says orange juice is really good for you. I've become deeply unwell as a person (laughs) where I am simply falling down rabbit hole after rabbit hole of um, questionable uh, science-based protocols of eating and living. And that is my journey. Slippy is the slope. It sure is. Slippy is the slope. So... It's There's good, worse but things to be preoccupied people. than your health. Absolutely. And I know all of these things you're talking about. I'm familiar with all of them. I was with the early bulletproofers. I, I <laughs> You were putting that butter in your coffee, frothing it right up. Ghee, MCT oil, <laughs> collagen powder, David Asprey, uh, you know, the list of oh, foods sure, that are less moldy, <laughs> less mycotoxins, the red light, no phone in the bedroom. I mean, this is, I am in with no these phone people. In the bedroom. I do, that one I stick to. Really? That one I stick to. It really helped. I sleep on my phone, basically. <laughs> on my face. Your face <laughs> is just planted yeah. directly <laughs> into the phone. <laughs> Listen, you can take the girl out of LA, babe, but you can't take the LA out of the girl is what I'm hearing. So let, this health stuff is great, but I also think sometimes life is worth living and being that annoying person that has all these restrictions at all times is very limiting. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll have a Taco Bell like you've never seen. <laughs> it's called the, the duality of life. It's balance. <laughs> that's, that's how we keep it together over here. Jenny Lewis, number three, did you listen to music today? And if so, what was it? I did not. Wow. Dead silence since you, it's, it's, what is it? 3 p.m. there? 2 p.m. there? You haven't heard one note of music? <laughs> uh, no music, but I did put on uh, the Criterion channel on the projector, which is on the wall. It's, and I, I'm watching a Elvis Presley movie where he sings in it. So I have heard music, but via, okay. via a film. Okay. Okay. That counts. That counts. Are you a big Elvis head? We share the same birthday. So yes. And my babysitter growing up was a female Elvis impersonator from Memphis. That's insane. Yeah. So lots of Elvis around the house. Um, Another thing, again, that made me feel back to being close to you in the same LSU interview, I heard you talk about nominative determinism, which is something I've become very obsessed with. And I just thought about it because you said Elvis, because Elvis obviously faded to be someone special when you're named Elvis. What do you feel your name set you up for? You know, it's interesting because I'm a Jennifer. I'm a Jenny, which is a very common name from that era. So I didn't feel very special until I became my last name. I'll tell you what, I kind of feel like it makes sense to me because I think a large part of your appeal from what I've gathered I don't know if you know this, but I did do an episode of my other podcast about Rilo Kylie. So I spent two weeks researching um, and learning everything about Rilo Kylie. Oh, wait, did Bethany do? Bethany didn't do that one. Oh, my God. This is the part where I'm legally obligated to bring up Bethany on each episode of this podcast. So I'm so happy that you did it. Bethany Cosentino, my best friend, gorgeous, gorgeous person who is our mutual friend. Um, no, she did. Uh, she did Cheryl Crow and No Doubt. Um, Quinn Moreland did Rilo Kylie. But was there a clip of Bethany? Because yes, yes, because yes, absolutely, ben she did a fan voice. Gibbard yes. <laughs> sent it to me. He was like, "Lewis, if you're ever feeling down, I want you to listen to this little clip of this." 
He's like, do you know about this podcast about you? I was like, I'm not going to listen to it because it makes me, you know, I mean, sure. so he, no, I, I would appreciate if you didn't listen to it. So yes. he <laughs> sent me Bethany saying such wonderful things and we've become friends through my friend Morgan, who actually wrote with Bethany on her record that came out today. Her incredible album, um, and, uh, natural disaster. So we've streaming. been hanging out a lot and we had a ceremony for Morgan who donated a kidney to her father in January of this Whoa. year. And so we had a sound bath and Bethany was there and a bunch of our close friends. We just had this beautiful, um, experience together. So love Bethany. She was also at my, my birthday party this year. I mean, again, we're, we're so much closer than we thought we were. I'm so we proud of her. A little bit. <laughs> I'm so, this album by fucking genius. Well, and to get through the shadow of your former self where I feel well, like I, mean, I live. Who knows this better than yes, you? Yes. <laughs> I live in like this shadow of my band forever where whatever I do on my own, there's always like a question mark about my band. And as much as I love it and I honor it, I think as an artist, you're most excited about your new shit. Sure. Of course. Always. So it's hard to move past that. And, but you just have to do it and you have to be a pioneer woman and just follow your muse. <laughs> follow your muse. Well, what I was going to say is I, I think the Jenny of it all is that people, particularly women really relate to you. I think they really Rilo Kylie and your solo music, what I hear time and time again is like, oh, that's me. You know what I mean? Like she's singing about me. It's, and that, then it makes sense. I mean, Jenny, like there's, we're all a little bit Jenny, you know? And like, you're able to, with your like gifts and talent, bring a voice to what so many before young women and now old ass hags like myself are feeling. And <laughs> You know, so maybe a little of that nominative determinism really do be at play. You mean Lewis? <laughs> Jenny? No, because not. let's explain to people what nominative determinism is, because that they yes, will hear okay. it every day moving forward. Um, my favorite example is of Ron McMaster's, the mastering engineer at Capitol Records. Yes, yes, McMaster's. <laughs> that one's too good. Uh, the The guy who laid out my artwork for joy all his name is art okay so what it means is it's basically this like theory that your name uh sets the course of your life in some way shape or form right i'm but i'm also like deeply interested in it in the sense of like because i couldn't find anything on this and if you know anything please let me know what it means to change your name and how does that impact because that comes up a lot right like there's so many artists, particularly musicians who change their name and they change it so as to set a different course for their life. And it seems to work. I think it's all about setting intention for things yeah. and it's powerful. Words are powerful. You know, people are like, words don't matter. They're just, no, no. Words are extremely meaningful and have so much weight. And I think in manifest destiny, you know, if you change the name, then, then it will be. And it will be. Um, I'm stuck with this one, but I think it. I think it's done me okay. Oh, the the hard. good one is uh, another one. Uh, a lot of dentists are called Dennis. Dennis. 
or Denise. That's so good. I don't know. And and it's so good because it's also hilarious. 24. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Number four, what is the first song that made a meaningful impact on you as a child? Well, the first seven inch I bought was Past the Duchy. Past the Duchy to the Left Hand Side. By Musical Youth. It's about Rilo Kiley. Yep. So, but that's the first one I bought, but maybe before that, maybe like Disco Duck. Oh, sure. Disco Duck. People won't remember, I think, unless you're of a certain age, but Disco Duck was a phenomenon. Or... Mm, actually, I'm going to go farther back to Annie. The sun will come out tomorrow. That's what it's called tomorrow. Wow. Annie, for sure. Annie, 100%. Isn't this imbued you with a, um, a lifelong sense of optimism? Hmm. I mean, Annie's an interesting story. Maybe. That's sur- survivalism. Right. Totally. Glass is half full. Yeah. Even when it's not <laughs> hope as a, as a boy. Yes. Um, okay. I, l- I love that. Let's talk about number five. What is the first album you bought with your own money or shoplifted with your two hands? I guess we can count past the duchy, but what about a full length album? Um, maybe a Beatles record, a cassette mm-hmm. help. I think. How old were you? Do you think? Um, maybe eight or nine revolver. You had your own money at eight or nine, so you were able to go buy albums. I had, well, I was making, you know, working. No one else was working in the house, but it was like not, I wasn't in charge of it, but I did have a little uh, safe that had like a little combo on it and I'd have like 40 or $50 in there and I'd go to the record shop. Buy the Beatles. Um, Okay. Number six. Did anyone in your childhood ever tell you you're never going to make it or some such iteration of that like they do in the movies? And if so, what was, who was the person and what did you say back? I don't think they ever said you're not going to make it period, but I think they were like, why would you ever stop acting? Right. Cause it is very lucrative. Sure. Why would you give this up to make zero money? Why did you give it up to make zero money? Well, I guess I didn't really care about the well, money. Well, you didn't make zero money. You did a, you did okay with the money. But just saying, if you thought you weren't going to make money, you didn't care about the money. No. And then, yeah, when it ran out from that previous incarnation, I just, you know, had to sort of pare things down, which was kind of a gift. Yeah. But acting is great. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, to hang out with cool people. But ultimately, you're at the mercy of like a male director for the most part. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. And you had a you had a song in your heart. Yes, I had a song in my heart, and I sing a song in the last thing I I was in as an actor, Foxfire. Great movie. I wrote that song. I sing in that scene. That's incredible. <laughs> 
I mean, it kind of is right as like a as like a swan song, if you will, for like the what a what a beautiful clean ending to your to your acting career. Like, and here it's starting my music. I got it in there. I don't know. I somehow like convinced them to you know became a part of the thing. Even after you told them that you wouldn't show your boobs, even though you were contractually obligated. I learned that also this morning from the Jenny Alski podcast. Yes, I did not show my boobs and I am so glad. <laughs> Boy, am I glad I didn't. That was like a real like premonition to not do that. Where, you know, it's if you're if- incredibly huge thing to do as a teenager, like I'm my hat is off to you that you were able to do that. Well, I was 19. And when you agree to do a film like that, you, they, there's like a nudity waiver and you agree to do it. And, and so for me to not do it at the last moment on the day was very unprofessional, but also I just had a premonition. I think this was pre-internet or, you know, I just had a premonition. I was like, don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not the right thing to do. And that was the last film I was in. It, you know, definitely had a, an impact because they were pretty mad at me. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe also subconsciously you were like, I don't want to do films anymore. Who cares if I get fired or I, <laughs> or I sabotage a bit of this career because I want to make music now. Well, Blake and I, at the time, uh, were writing songs together. So he came up right. to Portland where we shot the film to visit me and we would do concerts in my hotel room for the crew. So we had like 10 or 11 people crammed in and we would play our newest songs, which were mostly funny songs. These are the first Rilo Kylie concerts, technically. Absolutely. The first on, yeah, on the set of Foxfire. And I felt like I I was getting respect in a way that I like wasn't getting on the set. Yeah. (sighs) I'm, I'm really impressed. Just when I was 19, I was a fucking idiot and couldn't make a decision to save my life, let alone something that was beneficial for myself so once again hat is off to you i felt shy you chose yourself for sorry to use a marshall's home goods you know (laughs) mug statement but (laughs) that's just just what it is um okay number seven when was the last time you lied you know i just finished this book by sam harris called lying for the second time and it's a great read very short. It was actually on Elon Musk's uh, reading list, which I was like, what is this guy reading anyway? <laughs> You're like, I got to yeah. get in this what's guy's he, head. <laughs> what's he up to? I was like, oh, this one about lying. That seems great. So, you know, I really am working on not trying to not lie at all. Because? Because it takes more energy to lie. Just It just like complicates things. You know, because then you have to lie about the lie. And you're like, did I lie about that? Did I tell the truth? If you just tell the truth, it's subjective anyway. Just tell the truth. You know, what's one I'm really trying to practice, me and Bethany practice this together, is when someone asks you to do something and you say no, but you don't qualify it. Because that's often a lot of times when I would lie, you know, like, oh, I can't. I'm have to mow the lawn or whatever. And it's like, just to be able to just say, oh, sorry, I can't is like, I don't know why it makes me feel like my skin is on fucking fire, but it's also like, fine. You don't have to give a reason. You don't. And that's people pleasing stuff, which then leads to lying, which is like worse than people pleasing. So yeah, I think it's just like, you know what? I don't want to go. Can't make it. Sorry. Can't make it. 
Sorry. I'm going to pick up this book. I need to, I also need to know what's going on in old Elon's head. Uh, there's also an audio. I'm full disclosure. I don't want to lie about this. I didn't read it. I listened to it. <laughs> Does Elon read the book? <laughs> Cause that would be, he gets it like injected into his fucking uh, Neuralink. Fun fact about me. I did once party with Elon Musk. Um, many years ago in St. Bart um, at a New Year's Eve party where the Black Eyed Peas performed. So um, just to put that out there, um, he was he was not yet. I think he was still in his like dating a neuroscientist era before he was like in the celebrity eye. Um, but he was definitely down there and he was, I'll tell you what, he was partying and so there Fergie was there. It was a whole thing. I was like 26. <laughs> Stacy Ferguson, who was on That's right. the show Kids Incorporated, which was the best. Fellow child actor. The best kids show. I was so jealous of Stacy Ferguson. I was like, oh, if only I could be like Nicole Eggert or Stacy Ferguson. Nicole Eggert was so beautiful. I was really a you can't do that on television, girly, because that was just my vibe. Alistair, Alanis, the gang, you know? Oh, the gang. Love the gang. <laughs> Number eight. What character in a book or film do you relate to the most and why? I mean, the, the obvious answer would be like a woman under the influence. <laughs> General. <laughs> no. Just like a woman on the edge. Whatever movie is, oh, uh, Francis Far fan. Francis Farmer. See, oh, yes, Francis Fanny Farmer. or whatever uh -huh, it's called. Uh -huh. Yeah. So whatever story yeah. about like just like tiptoeing into madness. <laughs> and then uh, in a more benign sense, uh, you know, like a Bugs Bunny or something. Mm. Can you expand on this? I know you have a penchant for Bugs. Bunny ears and bunny costumes and stuff. Or maybe yeah. I just have a crush on Bugs. <laughs> kind of hot. TBH. People don't talk about this. Bugs Bunny swag. He has like early Chevy Chase energy or something. Especially that meme where he's wearing the suit. You know, that's always going around like, I wish everybody a very whatever. He looks hot. He's cute and he's smart and he's funny. He doesn't see these are the guides for me, the artists and characters that kind of don't give a fuck. They don't mm -hmm. take it too seriously. Like Huntress yeah. Thompson. Sure. A terrible end, but like kind of not giving a fuck. But a great middle. A great Super mi middle. middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bugs Bunny. I'm gonna take Gina Rollins and Woman Under the Influence <laughs> mixed with Bugs Bunny. I'm gonna take some time to process that. Um, but I love it. Okay, number nine. What was your biggest sliding doors moment? You know, as what does that mean? you had made another. Okay. So, you know, the have you ever seen the film Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow? I don't know if I have. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Hence, I worked it into my interview questions. Basically, the premise of Sliding Doors is that she, the, the woman played by Gwyneth Paltrow is running to catch a train and then it splits her reality into two versions. One where she got on the train and one when she didn't. When mm -hmm. she gets on the train, she gets home and finds her like long-term partner cheating on her, which sets off a trajectory where she like gets her groove back and changes her whole life and kicks him out and cuts her hair and gets a blonde pixie and the whole thing. And then the other one, she doesn't and it kind of goes along. So the, the sliding doors moment would be if you had gotten on the train or made a different choice perhaps you would not be anywhere close to where you are now. Sort of a quantum situation. Yes. 
all exactly. the things. Cause I think all the variations are happening always. I do too. Or I like to think that. I like to think it too. It's comforting sort of. It just makes you feel like it's all one. It's just all one thing and there's no wrong choices. There's no such thing as a wrong choice, which I'm not saying you made a wrong choice. I'm just wondering if there was just like one meaningful choice that you look back on and you're like, damn, this really set off a series of events that led me where I am today. I heard a great quote last night uh, about sin. Sorry to interject this, but it's very good. No, please. Um, this is what we do. That, we love it. Um, sin is just missing the mark. Hmm. You know, it's like if you fuck up, you're just missing the mark because it's all one. And there is, there's right. the yin and the yang and everyone has the capacity to be both. Yeah. Jenny Lewis, have you read the book Raw, The Law of One? Mm. It's out of print. It was um, done by these 70s physicists who were obsessed with aliens. And so they um, found a, a channeler and they, they figured, okay, what if we study aliens by channeling one of them and asking it questions? And so the whole book is a channeled conversation with an entity they presume to be an alien called raw and it fucking blew my mind fucking wide open. And the reason it's called the law of one is because the thing that the entity just keeps kind of reinforcing in more detail than I'll get into here is that everything is just one thing, sort of the thing of the timelines we were saying. And he gets into like the, I don't know if it's a, he, it's a gender neutral alien, but talking about the various various iterations of the one thing and in the in the universe that we occupy it's humans being the expression of one but in other universes it's more clustered beings <laughs> it's very interesting talks about who built the pyramids the whole thing highly recommend you can you can find copies on the on the interweb it's very buddhist it's very buddhist totally well this is my other thing and jenny lewis again feeling kinship with you don't you feel when you hear or read ideas or sentiments that are echoed in other maybe spiritual practices or other theories that are all sort of similar or the same, you're like, this must be truth because there's no reason for this sort of same idea to show up in multiple things across time that are all saying the same thing. That always makes me like, okay, this can be distilled down to like a universal truth. It's not just Christian or whatever. But Jesus is Buddha. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the way these things are expressed. Yeah. It's if you can just same. take them, it's all the same. And it's, it could be the sim. It could be the sim. There could be, it could, who knows? We don't know, but it's all the same. And we're getting messages about the oneness. And I think through meditation, you can kind of, uh, connect with that oneness, although it's like impossible and so hard. Are those little synchronicities? Literally when I heard you say nominative determinism on this podcast this morning, when I was preparing to interview you and I had been literally looking it up and writing about it yesterday, I was like, there we go. My ass on the right path on this little walking path that I'm walking. And we love Jenny Ellisque. We love Jenny Ellisque. Absolute fucking queen. Just Big a fan. total friend of the pod. And one of my best friends, uh, my godfather passed last year and he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. And the funeral was there and I flew by myself out there because my sister had to get knee surgery. And mm. Jenny, who was in New York, she's like, do you want me to meet you in Pennsylvania and just like hang out with you and go to the 
funeral. So lovely. And she did. Fucking good person. It's a fucking good person. And then sat with like his family. We carried the casket together. Mm. Jenny LSQ, my homie, my true sweet friend, just like amazing and amazing to chat with her, like in a professional context. Cause we're like so tight. Totally. And she's a legend. She's an incredible interviewer. You guys should all listen to, she has m- multitudes of interviews with very cool people that you can, can fire up on your phone. Um, so back to the question, what was the, what was the sliding doors moment? If you have one, don't have to have one. Well, uh, for Rilo Kylie, uh, we had an opportunity to be on the OC. Oh, sure. <laughs> right around the time when portions for foxes, like was coming out and I said, no. And wh- what do you feel like that? that maybe would have cemented the Rilo Kylie-ness of it all and made it dif- more difficult for you to leave and do solo work? Well, that is one aspect of it. But just like, yeah, what would, if we had done that, that was sort of like death cabs, big moment, sure. you know, it was Huge. like the perfect moment for indie rock. And not to say that, you know, who knows, but I always think about that moment where it's like, huh. Or what if uh, that song had actually been a hit song? Yeah. It's like an indie hit with, you know, we're like, oh, that's a hit. Like your favorite, you know, your friend's band song. We call them all hits, even if they're not actual hits. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't let's get it started or the the way they used to say let's get it started, which we don't say anymore. That was a massive hit on the radio. <laughs> your old friend, Will I Am. All, uh, uh, you know float on there we go that's a, that's a better amalgam <laughs> than let's get it started thank you jenny lewis um but yes i'll love float on for sure <laughs> uh, float on is a banger though i'm sorry yeah. to, uh, apologies no. to isaac brock i mean they have way better songs and i totally understand probably the relationship to float on is a fraught one um i'm a big modest mouse head but it's a fucking banger can't deny it it's a great song and not everyone has a hit song so i think Ultimately, they're good with it because they're in the canon of the consciousness of like hit songs. And I love that song. And I'm a deep Modest Mouse head, like deep, like 764 hero collabo, (laughs) deep. Yeah. I went to the Lonesome Crowded West uh, tour. Did you go this, this past year? It was, I got my whole fucking life. To be able to watch that album be played in its entirety was... Mind blow. It was the best thing. I, I, I cried. <laughs> that is my one of my truest regrets not going to that show because that's one of my favorite records. And Jeremiah passed. I know. It's so sad. And he was so sweet. And the three of them together is just magic. Like that's my favorite era of the band when it was just the three of them and it was like punk rock. There was like a mosh pit. I love it. I have a I have a theory that um Isaac brought everyone talks about who the um spiritual descendant of Kurt Cobain is and they name all sorts of people but my theory is that it was Isaac Brock like the closest to carry the similar feeling and energy and uh even just like biographical lifestyle was Isaac Brock I mean he's my number one I also love Doug March uh who built a spill are doing some of the postal service shows and I'm just like I can't believe it. That's going to be amazing. I will be there. Ben Gibbard, friend of the pod, came on the other pod, Band's Plane. We'll be coming on this pod as well. We love Benjamin Gibbard here on this program. Ben is my, I call him my dad. 
like, Dad, Great man. help, Dad. And he's like, That Postal you. Service album, goodbye. I The way I listen to that every day of my life living in San Francisco on my first-gen iPod, goodbye. I'm relearning all the parts right now. I'm going to die. I'm dying learning them. (laughs) I'm already covered in chills. I like, I start the first note. I'm like crying. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this without crying. Um, okay. Number 10, what characteristic are you most drawn to in other people? Humor. Good one. Funny people. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that because that's the perfect answer. That's the correct answer. (laughs) Um, Everyone's like, oh, you know, good heartedness. Who cares? I want to laugh. Boring. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Boring. Number 11. This is going to be a fun one. Who is the last person you met that you were starstruck by? (laughs) Uh, Clearly it wasn't Leo because that's your childhood bro. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I mean, there's got to be. Here's the thing. It doesn't. In my experience, and I feel like probably even more in your experience, it doesn't correlate to their actual level of fame. Like one of the people that I was the most starstruck by was Shane, the woman who played Shane on the L Word. I like chased her down like four New York City blocks to tell her how much I loved her. Honestly, if I bumped into like one of the like Instagram dog influencers, like Mako and whatever, <laughs> I would freak out because that's like all the content I absorb is just like these weird skits by these geniuses. They're so genius, the dog videos. I just can't believe how incredible people are at editing. People have become amazing at editing. This is, if you hate TikTok, it's no, it's like given the tools for people to make really good art. It's true. So I'd be starstruck if I saw, you know, you know, or like those brothers from like Australia where one's like super grumpy. We cl- we clearly have a different <laughs> algorithm, babe, because my algo is simply showing me it's like the mentally ill girl special. It's all just 24-year-old girls telling me how to manifest and astrology. <laughs> That's all it is. And then some some like skincare, you know what I mean? Again, a 24-year-old girl who lives in like a completely white apartment telling me like what to do with my skin where I'm like, bitch, you're just 24. Like you could slap fucking paint thinner on there and it would still look good. Like, why am I listening to you? Or those uh, like five signs you're in a toxic relationship. You're like, oh, how's yeah. this? I used to, I used to get those. I don't get those anymore. I need to change my algo. Or the or the ones that I do get really mesmerized by, which where they're like, here's five things I do to improve my life, and then you just watch them clean their kitchen before they go to sleep, or like make a beverage. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do this, but I love watching you do it. <laughs> yeah, you're in a. Whole it's like my other version world. of ASMR. You're that's right. You're what? Because the phone reflects your consciousness. <laughs> I it's know. Wild. What is wrong with me, Jenny? Lewis? No, except this is where you're at. It's neither here nor there. It just is what it is. I feel good about it. It sort of massages my brain in a way that um, I like. And, you know, sometimes I implement their little tricks and tools and sometimes I don't. There's a lot of clever tricks out there for makeup application. <laughs> I just learned how to put on makeup like last year. I'm 41 years old. I'm terrible. I put so much on. It looks like I'm wearing none. I'm like, I just spent an hour piling this crap on. I look like there's no makeup on there. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's the most humiliating thing that I have to learn how to put on blush again from a 22-year-old on TikTok. I do like Selena Gomez's makeup. Oh, I love it. I use her blush. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Don't think I didn't notice that you didn't answer the question, but I'm going to let it slide, Tony Lewis. Okay, good. (laughs) 24.
This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision. Every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. 24. Number 12. When was the last time you slid into anyone's DMs? It doesn't have to be sexually, but it can be. Uh, I slid in, slid in. Not like respond to you. No, like you like use the power of your Jenny Lewisness to like message someone because you're like, oh, they'll answer me because I'm Jenny Lewis. Maybe that wasn't your thought process, but you know what I mean? Like you wanted to connect with someone that you didn't know. So you did a little what's up on, on Instagram DM. I can't say I've done a lot of that right now. Not even the dogs? I mean, I'm not saying not what's up to dogs. the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, what's up, puppy? Hit me up. <laughs> you want to do some body time? That's why I call you want to sexy FaceTime. Body time. Body time? Are you going to sexy FaceTime the, do- the Instagram dog? <laughs> no, just generally speaking, the term oh, is body time. Got it. Okay, got it. Got it. Oh, it's not. Fa- I see. It took me a second. I'm a little slow. It's not FaceTime. It's body time. It's body Thank time. you. Got it. It's got it. Time. Genius. I don't want that to be honest. I don't want it. I'll be too preoccupied with like lighting and angles and it'll, I'll get to, it's, I don't want it. IRL. Let's get back to, you know, like for realsies. Yeah. It's a nightmare out there. I mean, this is, I don't even know where to begin, but the dating app situation has profoundly impacted my view of humanity (laughs) in a way that I'm not I don't know what to do with like everyone's ethically non-monogamous and they're all 28. Somehow everyone in the world is 28 and also ethically non-monogamous. You got to change the age range. Did I miss on your Something thing. happened. Or... Seriously. <laughs> you got to like shift it, it because up. that is just the reality under 30. But then the other, the ones older, they won't say ethically non-monogamous. They're just in a partnership and they're looking for, <laughs> they're just poly. So they just change the terminology. Yeah. It's a little confusing. Cause you're like, you see them on the app and then like you go to Instagram you're like, wait, this person is like married with like a two year old. Why you're are you on the wedding photos? It's like absolutely not. <laughs> what is going on and here? They got married. Like they got married like two months ago and you're like, it was two months ago where you're already on the fucking app looking for some other shit. I kind of just want to go back to the app and say, get off. What are you doing on here? Go home. (laughs) 
right? like match with them to message them and be like, listen, I'm sorry, I don't want to go on a date with you, but I'm, I feel compelled to give you a little piece of advice. <laughs> Seek Jesus. Okay. You need to find God. <laughs> it's just not going to work. No, no, it's not. But you're right. We need to go back to IRL. I need to, I need to hang out at a trader. That's what my therapist always says. She's like, well, why don't you like, you know, at the grocery store. And I'm like, bitch, nobody be talking to anybody at the grocery store. <laughs> like no one will even make eye contact with you at the grocery store. Those days have passed. Well, unless it's Erewhon. Cause I read something yeah. uh, about a kind of like in like LA mag uh, about like a hookup night at Erewhon in the past. Are you fucking like a speed dating Erewhon night? Or like a night where people go and it's like, that's the theme. And I was like, I am going to be so far away from those chia seed loving, kelp fucking hoarding, grass fed, fucking Birkenstock wearing, ghee consuming, bee pollen fucking spreckled. I'm on, I'm literally unwell what you've said to me when I go to air one first of all I wear like a shroud and I run as fast as I can and go to the register and leave and so no one will see me there that I know I don't want to deal with that I mean it's the best store but like I go in there it's the best and I basically just buy alcohol I'm like I've got like 10 bottles of natural wine like sake and then like gluten-free cookies they're like ma'am are you okay I'm like can I return these other glass bottles I have a cabinet in my kitchen that Bethany will attest to that I keep meaning to return the glass bottles, but unfortunately I probably have 60 to 70 of them stored in this cabinet (laughs) and it's, it's gone too far. Jenny Lewis, like now I'm at the point where what am I going to do? Roll up there with like two Ikea bags of marijuana glass bottles and be like, I'm sorry, I need to, I need to trade these. I think you should this is a lot of money we're talking about here. We've got a lot of bottles. This is like $70. Yes. So <laughs> maybe you should take that allotment and go to like Reformation or something and treat yourself wow. with something on That's sale. That's rude. That's rude. Danny <laughs> would say that to me. Honestly, I thought, okay, I'm feeling very far away from you now, actually. <laughs> wow. I love Reformation. I'm not ashamed. Um, I'm not ashamed. Okay. okay. Linens. You should live your truth. I'm a Brandy Melville girly because I'm a teenager. Oh, right. I'm a little more mature. Like I can't <laughs> shop at Forever 21. That that feels like you walk in at this point of Forever 21. No. You feel like a you sex offender. The store ejects you actually. <laughs> you walk in and they're <laughs> like, get <laughs> out. Like, oh my God. What's <laughs> happening so in there? Sorry. I don't understand any of it. Uh, no, it's so, it's horrifying. Okay, number 13. What's the horniest song ever, in your opinion? It doesn't have to be a superlative. People don't like superlatives, so it can be a very horny song that you enjoy. I mean, aside from me so horny. Mm -hmm. Two Life Crew. Which is like, as a kid, you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Love you long time. A lot going on in that song. Misogynist, racist, they do it all. They really (laughs) do. This song has everything. (laughs) Oh gosh, I guess that's why you don't hear it anymore around not much uh oh there this rod stewart song uh do you think i'm sexy if you want my body and you think i'm sexy that one also made me uncomfortable as a kid (laughs) if you could you could do a cover that would be like if you want my body time (laughs) (laughs) and you think i'm sexy time um that's a free that's a free little (laughs) bit of advice for you okay 
Number 14. What is the biggest money you've ever turned down? Mm. And what was it for? Maybe for like a corporate thing. Probably no more than like a hundred grand, but for some corporate thing that seemed cheesy. Like a, are we talking like an ad or like a appear at the retreat, like perform? Yeah. I can't remember what, but yeah, just, I feel like stuff comes along that doesn't feel comfortable. And so I don't do stuff like I did this, like, well, I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. You know, remember when float on was in the like minivan commercial and it was like the day that Indie Rock died, the way everyone acted. Do you feel like if they had come to you and said, Rilo Kylie, here's $1 million. We want pictures of success to be in a Toyota commercial. Would you have been like, yes or no? Um, that's my well, I believe it was. So that's why I referenced it. It was actually the Shins who, that's the day Indie Rock died when the Shins had a song in a McDonald's commercial. Was that before or after the float on? Because the float on did happen. I didn't make that up. Oh, wow. Pre. The shins killed Indie Rock. Well, (laughs) I'm just kidding. All I'll say is this. Elvis Costello once said, uh, it's what what's more punk rock than taking money from a corporation and then using it for subversive art? That's what I always say. It's literally, I've said this a million times, like you're not winning by not taking their money. You're winning by taking their money and then doing something fucking cool with it. But this ethos has uh, evolved. I mean, part of being an indie rock band was that you didn't do shit like that. It was like right. uh, the patron saint was like Malcolmus or, you know. Sure. So, That's I, right. or Kurt, who clearly was conflicted about it. Yeah. So I think we didn't do shit because it wasn't cool. And then, but no one had any money and we were, you know, everyone's in the van. (laughs) And so they should, I, now my feelings are totally different about that. Like licensing your shit, I think is great. Hopefully you like what you're licensing to. Yeah. And if you don't, but sometimes it's like Grey's Anatomy or whatever, where you're like, I like Grey's Anatomy. I fucking love Grey's Anatomy. And that music supervisor, hats off to her. She does an amazing job. She kept us all uh, fed and the lights on. She has great taste. I'm sorry. There's some, some of the most heart wrenching emotional moments were underscored by some beautiful music by like Snow Patrol or whatever. And I was fucking there for it. That reference of Sufjan Stevens in that Snow Patrol song, I think about it sometimes. Put Sufjan Stevens on. I'm like, wow, Sufjan. That's good. It's good. Okay. Number 15. What's the best live show you've ever seen? Well, in the last year, there's this band in LA called Lalom. They're a cumbia band and they played at my friend's birthday party. And it's a three-piece cumbia band and you dance. It's so and in Nashville, there's Honky Tonk Tuesdays here at the Legion, where it's like live country music and you two-step and it's just like the best time you've ever had. Can you believe I've actually been to that? So, you know, isn't it fun? <laughs> it is really fun. It honestly is really fun. And the the crowd is incredible. It's such like a gorgeous mix of like young hipsters and just like old people, cowboy style actual country like 80 year old men who want to come dance with their like wife it's so cute well it's a legion so the members of the legion they're like veterans and uh but they're the ones that know how to dance so that's how i learned how to 
two-step at one of those parties from like a 65-year-old guy. And so, because the young guys, they don't know how to do it. No, me also. I'm also a young guy. I don't know how to do I'll it. I'll teach you. Dance. I stood on the sidelines. I'll teach you. <laughs> um, oh, thanks, Jenny Lewis. Yeah. Can't wait. Next time I come for a Bojis to Nashville, we'll do that. <laughs> um, okay. Number 16. When in your life were you the most fucked up, wasted, hammered, trashed? So uh, when, probably when I was like 20. Is there a story or that's just... No, there's just not really. That was the era. That was the era. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, number 17 and number 18. These, are, these questions are a two-parter. What do you love the most about being famous? And what do you hate the most about being famous? Well, you get to go to restaurants sometimes and uh, not wait in line. And being, uh, oh, people just always assume, like, even if you're just, like, successful in your family, that, like, you're okay because you're successful. Like, oh, she'll be fine. She's successful. Oh, no, she'll get over it. Oh, she, she can do it. She can handle it. She's successful. Like, that's, no, that's the me. hate. That's the hate part. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense that people don't, tr- maybe don't treat you as like a normal human being who has uh, plights and suffering just like everyone else, because you have this additional thing that they imagine is solves every problem. But which is created from the deepest turmoil. <laughs> it's not like and it's like, probably surprise, more problems. surprise, here's these songs. Like, it's just like from the... <laughs> You know, so, oh, she's fine. She's like, had you listened to this song? <laughs> Do I seem? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm drowning. Just <laughs> cry for help. <laughs> not okay. It, you know, it's really crazy, Jenny Lewis. You're like the fourth person, and I did not anticipate this, that everyone loves res- being able to get restaurant reservations. It is the most common answer, and I did not anticipate that, but it makes perfect sense. It is really hard to get a good table at a good restaurant these days. And I think for dudes, it might be a different answer. I know some men have also said uh, restaurants. Yeah, that's I think that's safe. what Stephen Jenkins that's said as well. That's the safe yeah. thing to say. Right. They want to be like, I get a lot of pussy. Um, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, it doesn't work for famous women, but nope. we won't. We only have 10 minutes, so we won't diverge on that. But I, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> a lot of thoughts about that one. A lot of thoughts about I that one. I have a whole thought um, about it. <laughs> Okay, number 19. This is the wild card. Who are you jealous of? You know, I don't like to use that word. And because I feel like it's. I don't like to either, but sometimes we feel it. Yeah, but I'm trying to work on that shit. I guess I'm jealous. (laughs) Okay, so out of the material world, Mm. I'm like jealous of people who are, have like a solid workout regimen. Okay. You know, who like commit yeah. to, you know, like on tour, there's always someone that's like, I just ran five miles. I'll be, and you're like, what? Are you crazy? Uh, well, Jenny Lewis is jealous of me. You guys, you heard it here first because yeah, I do lift weights four times a week. Thank you for asking. That's why you're so ripped. That's correct. <laughs> See, I'm jealous of you. Okay. I am jealous of your stamina, your willingness, your uh, self-flagellation because like exercising is so painful, but then you get addicted is, yeah. to it. You feel so good. It has such a great high afterwards. Could not recommend it's it It's the best high. Andrew Huberman. 
we've gone on such a journey here. Me and Jenny Lewis, close, far, jealous. Number 20, when was the last time that you cried? Uh, I played on Austin City Limits, the PBS show, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And walking out there, I fully started crying. You were just moved by the opportunity to do something like this. and a great honor. And like having done it three times, once with Rilo Kylie, once on the Voyager. And uh, they like follow you out with the camera as you're going to the stage. And it like feels like really special. And I just felt so moved by the whole thing. And then it went really well. Cause I wasn't oh, super yeah. nervous cause I've been doing a little meditation pre and I feel like it's actually working and like calming my nerves as I like approach that, which is such a daunting thing to like play a full set, like filmed in its entirety. I could not sim- simply could not imagine. <laughs> Isn't it annoying how all those things that they tell us work um, for your happiness and mental health, like, meditation and drinking water and working out and journaling fucking actually work so fucking annoying (laughs) and if then if you don't do them then you feel bad well it's like occam's razor it's like the most obvious thing is the thing that's true so So if you're you know this is like my feeling on you know mental health stuff it's like let's address all of the things and meds are are sometimes absolutely a part of it but are we addressing the metabolic are we addressing the yeah. lifestyle, how's the, the, diet? How's the, the habits, the like so. everything. And then we turn to this other thing as another tool in our tool belt if we need it. But like, let's not start there. Yeah, totally. Okay. Number 21, what is your greatest regret? And do not say that you traded your 64 Malibu in for a van. Oh God. I can't even think about that. <laughs> You were allowed to skip one question. So if this is the one that you want to skip, you can get one pass. But I really do regret that. And when I think about it, it hurts me. It was so sick. Uh, uh, Well, maybe I might, I'm going to skip it. But what I'm thinking is uh, sad. So I'm going to skip it. Okay. Number 22. What song would you like to hear just before you die? There's this Bobby Charles song called uh, It Must Be in a Good Place Now. Oh, that's nice. It's a beautiful song. Oh my God, you're going to, it's the perfect song for either a wedding or a funeral. Or Or a death. death. (laughs) Or your own own death. death. (laughs) Cue the song. (laughs) Can you hit the, plug in the ox, babe, I'm dying. I should have said wind beneath my wings. (laughs) It's a fucking great song. I actually have a uh, deal with Annie Clark where if she, God forbid, passes before me, I am to throw myself on her coffin and sing, thank you for being a friend. Annie Clark, some of you might know her as St. Vincent. Um, This is a beautiful, beautiful image. It's kind of hard to sing that twangy thank you for being a friend in a funeral dirge wail, but I think if anyone can do it, it's you, Jenny Liz. I'm going to have to work on it. The tongue. <laughs> okay. Number 23. We're almost done. Number 23. What do you think about me? I like you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of stuff in common and uh, t- 
taste stuff. And I feel like we could go deep, uh, deeper into the health and the biohacking because I'm very interested in that. Me too, babe. Me too. And the hip hop stuff is very deep. Very, very deep. Again, I was surprised to learn. We we have a kinship. I also was a raver, did a lot of ecstasy, (gasps) but that's for another episode. You did? Yeah, that's right. kids don't know anymore they don't know they don't know about ecstasy and i feel sorry for them because they only have mdma but ecstasy was the fucking girl that was that bitch (laughs) so in my song essence on my new record i say the essence of life is suffering and then i say that the essence of life is ecstasy i'm talking about ecstasy hell fucking yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's actual bitch me me and jenny lewis are back okay Oh my God, we did it in a lot of time. Number 24, Jenny Lewis, what do you want to plug? Uh, oh my God, that made me think of plug two, oh, the De La Soul fucking. Oh, that's right. Plug, you got to play a little uh, bit of that. Uh, what do I want to plug? Oh, I have a uh, record that is what? I don't, you should, that's a sure do. New album. New album. Oh no. Oh, I'm writing a script, but it's not done yet. A movie script? Yes. I also read some of you writing a book. You're a busy bee well, right now. Well, I'm not writing the book yet. Everyone's just like, are you going to write a memoir? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Right. But script, I'm like three quarters of the way through, and it's really uh, funny and sad. I am so excited for that. Also, the last thing I have to tell you before I let you go is that you did something to me because on Puppy and a Truck, I don't know if you can tell I really like this song, the part where you sing I don't got no kids multiple times, <sighs> fucking rocked my shit that song is gets weird hate on instagram from dudes like i get uh, definitely at least like 10 or 20 like this is the worst song i've ever heard in my life i hate the lyrics i'm like you hate puppies and trucks are you crazy first of all it's not for you bitch that's a of all it's not for you bitch so fucking move it along no one cares what you think This is not for you. Cringy lyrics. I'm like, what the fuck is cringy about fucking hypoallergenic dogs? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong literally with you? nothing. <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> Jenny Lewis, thank you so much for coming on 24 Question Party People. I truly had a wonderful time with you. Loved it. Loved uh, our hang. And uh, I'll see you out there on the east side sometime. 24. Thanks for listening to 24 Question Party People, and thanks to my guest, Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis's new album, Joy Y'all, is out now everywhere. This episode was produced by Chris Sutton and Jesse Miller Gordon, with help from Justin Sales. Our gorgeous theme song was composed by Heather Fortune. Special thanks to Hillary Remnant, Rachel Bisdy, Sean Fennessy, Rob Harvilla, and The Lincoln Lawyer. Come back every Tuesday for a new episode of 24 Question Party People on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. 24 Question Party People.